Hi, listeners. Welcome to another episode of Love is Everywhere, the podcast, uh, the show where I give comedians assignments of things that are supposed to make you happier, and then I interview them about it and find out how it went. Uh, today's guest is my very dear friend, Andrew Lazat. Uh, what a special conversation that we had. Uh, his assignment was all around forgiving yourself and others, which I think is a very important topic that we didn't have nearly enough time to talk about. <laughs> but I think we did a pretty good job in the time that we had. Uh, Andrew is a fantastically talented comedian, and he hosts a, a monthly show at Comedy Bar here in Toronto, so you can go check that out. It's called Stupid Fancy. It's a show where comedians do sets based on art that they have never seen before. Uh, so they have to see a painting that they've never seen before and then do a stand-up set inspired by that painting. It's a very fun show that I've done many times. Definitely worth your time. That happens the first Tuesday of every month at Comedy Bar. So you can find tickets for that on ComedyBar.ca. And hey, while you're on ComedyBar.ca, go get a ticket for Love is Everywhere, the, the live show. If you like this podcast, you're definitely going to like our live show. Uh, it happens the third Sunday of every month there at Comedy Bar, so go support us there. And in the meantime, please enjoy this conversation with Andrew Lazat. Andrew Lazat. Oh, hi. Hi. You, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know when we when we started started and when we were just getting ready to start. Yeah, this is us starting. Oh, okay. Hi. Yeah. Hi. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Uh, we start with an honest how are you? So, how are you? Um the least complicated answer. The answer I've been giving lately is uh I feel like the first dog shot in the space. <laughs> it's just like I, I don't know what's happening or what's how this is going to turn out or whatever. And I'm just trying to go loose with it and mm -hmm. enjoy. Enjoy it. the ride into space. Yeah. <laughs> the, the other option is I heard someone describe um, uh, British and American comedy this way. If it's like in America, you slip on a banana peel and go flying out a window. And in Britain, you slip on the banana peel and then watch the person fall in slow motion in just agony and suspense. So I feel like that. People ask me how I'm doing, and I'm like, oh, I haven't landed. I've just slipped on the banana peel, and I haven't hit the ground yet. You're Wait. still falling in yeah. slow motion? I We're feel out that. of window. Yeah, I It's get probably that. the slow motion one, yeah. <laughs> how are you? I am okay. Things are, like, objectively good. Yeah, um, I've, I've been hearing that. Yeah, things are objectively good. I think like fall has hit and the seasonal depression is creeping in for oh. sure. Yeah, been uh, sleeping in until the very last possible minute before I have to leave my house. Mm -hmm. um, spending a lot of time wrapped in a blanket. Uh, have blown through several shows that I've watched in their entirety over the last week. Um, yeah, not sleeping great. Me either. No, that's okay. I, uh, I'm i kind of exhausting myself, and not to brag, but the medication I'm on is also a sedative. So nice. that's really helping. <laughs> I am so excited to talk about the assignment that I gave you. Okay, 
All right. Yeah. <laughs> it was a hard one. It was a hard one. This is like maybe one of the more loaded and possibly emotional assignments that I've given out on the podcast so far, I think. Right. Uh, so the assignment that I gave you is from the book, The Wisdom of the Enneagram by Don Richard Riso and Russ Hudson. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is about forgiveness of self and others. Oh, Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. (laughs) So um, what I had assigned you was that you had to read uh, this page, this uh, affirmations of forgiveness, and you had to read them to yourself out loud every day and kind of reflect on how it was making you feel. Mm -hmm. So for the sake of the listeners, um, I'm just going to read the affirmations of forgiveness in their entirety, and then we can kind of go through them and uh, hear about your experience with them. So. I am willing to be willing to forgive myself for my mistakes. I am willing to forgive myself for my mistakes. I forgive myself for my mistakes. I see my mistakes as opportunities for learning, discernment, and patience. I thank life for giving me opportunities to become more wise and accepting. I am willing to be willing to forgive my parents. I am willing to forgive my parents. I forgive my parents. I see my parents as my teachers and my guides. I thank life for giving me such good teachers for my development. I am willing to be willing to forgive those who have hurt me. I am willing to forgive those who have hurt me. I forgive those who have hurt me. I see the hurt I have suffered as an opportunity to learn compassion. I thank life for giving me a spirit that is forgiving and compassionate. I am willing to be willing to let go of my pain and suffering. I am willing to let go of my pain and suffering. I let go of my pain and suffering. I see my pain and suffering as places where my heart is open and alive. I thank life for endowing me with a sensitive, open heart. I am willing to be willing to let go of the limitations of my past. I am willing to let go of the limitations of my past. I let go of the limitations of my past. I see my past as what needed to happen for me to become me. I thank life for allowing me to be me through my past. Hoo boy. <laughs> um, so the first time that I read this, I had quite an emotional response. Um, I'm wondering uh, if you just want to tell me a little bit about uh, how it made you feel. Uh, well, for the listener who couldn't see, I was digging my nails into this chair. And, and <laughs> thank God that those are metal because... Oof. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, it, um, you know, when you do CBT therapy, they always tell you like, where are you feeling the anxiety or Mm -hmm. the anger? Like I can feel it almost like, uh, rippling through me Mm -hmm. and it's depending on which one I'm at. One is anger, which, you know, kind of starts at the belly button and goes out. And the other is anxiety, which almost feels like. I don't it I can almost feel it like dripping down on me like mm-hmm. I got caught in the rain. Yeah. Uh so yeah, a lot of conflicting emotions. Mm-hmm. A lot of uh there there was a lot of time reading those where I just let myself I I feel like cuz I I can't say conclusively whether I have forgiven any of these things. I guess that'll wait until it pops up again 
Well, the thing is, too, is um, when you talk about forgiveness, man, I really, really wish that I knew who to credit this to. But uh, forgiveness isn't a line that you cross. It's a path that you walk down. Okay. Right. So there isn't like a moment where you like you step over a line and then you're like, poof, now I have forgiven all of these people. Now I have forgiven all of these things that happened. Right. It's more like an ongoing process of forgiveness. Oh, thank God. <laughs> and also, like, when talking about forgiveness, it is, like, forgiving isn't something that you do for the person or the thing that hurt you. It's something it, you do for yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Right? It's you who benefits by forgiving, not the person or thing being forgiven. Um, yes. The, I, I'm, oh, man. I could talk to you about this literally forever. <laughs> yeah, I could see you watching my face, and I can only imagine... Well, you're watching my face because you're being present and nice. <laughs> but I can only imagine the face that I'm making while I'm talking about this. But uh, So I would read them, and I would just kind of try and sit in the emotion Good. and be okay that the emotion was happening. Yes. Like... um. Like a deep sea diver, like trying not to get the bends, just mm -hmm. like adjusting to the pressure yep. as it happened. That's a very good analogy. It's a it's a lot about space and it's a lot about deep sea diving today. Yep, just yeah, just basically not uh, on level ground. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's fair enough. So uh, I'd like to go through each of these kind of like sections of this affirmation okay. page for you. So. Um, the first one is about forgiving yourself for your mistakes. Right. So what were your feelings about that one? Uh, I mean, do you want me to just list some mistakes here? <laughs> uh, no, I was I I was basically I was trying to come up with maybe regrets, mm -hmm. things that I uh wish I had done where I didn't speak up for myself or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I could only maybe think of a handful. Like the nice thing about those paragraphs is also the end kind of gives you a guide of how to deal with and sort the emotion. Yes. So the last one of that one is I see my mistakes as opportunities for learning, discernment and patience. I thank life for giving me opportunities to become more wise and accepting. Right. I, I, I didn't know any better at mm -hmm. the time. Like There's it's a quote from Oprah that says, when you know better, you do better. Yeah. And I go back to that all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, you're just doing your best in the moment. Oh, there's also, well, I don't know if it's Buddhist, but I learned it through Buddhism, which is uh, the grief, teach me what I need to know. Yeah. Like, you feel the pain there. Like, what am I learning from this moment? Why is this necessarily, or why is it dangerous mm -hmm. one? But what can I take away from this? Yeah. So that it wasn't useless or thing i mean weirdly i have to say for for this one and i guess this goes into the parents thing i wish i had rebelled more <laughs> and maybe mm -hmm. just been an advocate for myself yeah which is probably leaning into the difference between healthy anger and and toxic anger of just like I, I tend to have this way of just being like, well, I'm good at this thing and I have a body of work and people probably know I'm good at this thing. So if I tell them that's a little needy mm -hmm. that I want the thing. Um, but you have to ask for what you want. Right. 
And and there's things looking back where like, oh, I didn't know I could ask for that. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that was allowed. So a lot of your looking at past mistakes or like times when you weren't a good enough advocate for yourself. Yes. Yeah. For for example, I I I wish that I went to university here in Toronto at Humber, but I didn't even consider. I didn't even think that that was a thing that my family and I could do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as a kid, I would have wanted to get into theater and performance earlier than I did, but my family doesn't really have that background. And mm-hmm. so I didn't know to Yeah, you ask. didn't see it even as an option probably at that point. I can think also in uh, uh, sketch comedy reviews I've done where I don't play certain characters because I know other people in the cast are good at playing those types of people. Mm. And so I always go like, oh, okay, where where do they need me? I'm kind of like the utility player. And now looking back, I'm like, no, but I really like um, playing the eccentric billionaire yeah. or You just want to make like everybody that. else happy and comfortable. Right. And for everybody else to have a good experience. But you maybe are so focused on making that true for others that you don't make it. Uh, the ideal experience for yourself. Exactly. I can relate to that pretty hard. <laughs> and I'm I'm pretty sure I probably do that in romantic relationships too. Oh like, boy, yeah. Me too. Yeah. Like I, <laughs> did this get too deep too fast? No, this is perfect. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So I just, I'm almost accepting of my, I was a young dumb kid Mm -hmm. who didn't know any better and now i do and that's when i make those changes exactly i can't know something until i know something yeah and uh, like you can't learn a lesson until you've gone through something that teaches you that lesson right exactly with the this forgiving yourself for past mistakes thing this is super tied to relationships for me yeah and choices that i've made and people that I've let into my life. Yeah, you're, you're I, quietly no, laughing I just to yourself bad. because I, you know we're such I, good friends and you know all of my shit. Well, no, I said yes <laughs> to agree with you and like, yes, and that's my instinct to be a good friend. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you're a li- That was something I should not have. Yes, no, and it's totally <laughs> real, though. Like, <laughs> I'm not blind. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, it's a. Ooh, it's a complicated thing. Mm-hmm. The. Forgiveness when it comes to relationships, uh, people who have hurt you in relationships, and uh, relationships that you've allowed to continue right longer than they should have. And the thing that is hard for me in this exercise is the idea that, well, some of it still has to be my fault. Yeah. Like, I can't let it all go. I can't blame it all on another person. Mm-hmm. And maybe this is some Irish Catholic upbringing no i think this is human nature also like you're making a very astute point right now which is that uh i don't know we life is not uh some kind of cartoon where one person is being tied to the railroad tracks and the other person has a curly mustache and a top hat right like it's not very clear i kind of have a curly mustache I'm not wearing a hat because we're wearing headphones right now. But Yeah, thank you for taking your top hat off for this interview. But... I wouldn't fit in the room otherwise. But yeah, it's not uh, so easy 
like that to distinguish like good guys, bad guys. Like that's not the way that things work. Everything mm -hmm. is a gray area. Like I know, um, I don't know, we could get into this later in the one for forgiving people who have hurt me and stuff, but like uh, in patterns of abuse, for example, right? I've like, I've had to do a lot of work on this myself and kind of trying to figure out how much uh, do I take responsibility for my own actions and keeping myself in bad situations without crossing the line to the point of blaming myself yeah. for the abuse that I've suffered, right? But I also can't put it all on the other person, my abuser, Right? Because you because could have done something. I could have done something. Yeah. I could have removed myself from the situation. But that's when you go back to that Oprah quote of like, when you know better, you do better. Mm, yeah. Right? Um, yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. I, I, I could keep talking about this. I want to get through all of them and we could circle back. Okay. Okay. So, forgiving your parents. Oh. <laughs> we could do a whole episode just on this one. This is... This is a tough one because so much of parenting <laughs> is passing your past trauma and their parents' past trauma mm -hmm. onto the next generation. Yes. And it takes a fair chunk of therapy to even learn what that trauma was in the first place. Yeah. Um, I equate it to... You know when you move in with someone for the first time mm -hmm. after only having lived with your family mm -hmm. and you both find out the things you do that are really weird that mm -hmm. you've never thought of before? <laughs> it's that. It's <laughs> For me, it's sitting down in a therapist's office and her going like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> what did you back that up? Like, oh, yeah, no, it was it was totally fine. That's why I'm here is it's totally fine mm -hmm. um but at the same time knowing that like your parents can only do as good as they can do and yes. they tried and some people the thing about delusion is that you really you really build a house for it in your own mind and some people just have like a basement apartment of delusion and some people have built an entire like there's an atrium yeah. <laughs> there's a wine cellar of delusion and trying not to be mad at them for not learning the thing you can't know what yeah. you know until you know it i think it's a hard one big parents is such a hard one because of like i don't know a lot of this is going to go back to avoiding the like black and white um, thinking of things, right? That yeah. like everything is gray. And uh, especially when you're talking about something like forgiveness, it's just loaded with gray areas. And it's a very difficult thing to reconcile with forgiving parents of like accepting that your parents did the best that they could with the tools that they had and the coping skills that they had, right? Mm -hmm. um, and at the same time, that doesn't mean you're not allowed to be angry with them, right? That yes. you can be upset with your parents and angry for the ways that your parents let you down while also acknowledging that they loved you and did their best. Right. And it's very difficult to... <laughs> we have a lot of uh, trouble with uh, not allowing ourselves to continue feelings of anger 
if we can understand where the behavior that hurt us came from. I know for me, for this, this has been a real ongoing pattern in relationships of like, let's not even take it to like the worst things that have happened in relationships. Let's just say like in a regular relationship argument, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Once the other, once I say, hey, this thing you did, this hurt my feelings. And then the other person is like, oh, I'm really sorry. I just stop talking about it. Once I can see that they feel bad or that they are apologetic, I stop venting my feelings uh, and sharing how it hurt me, which it's taken me a lot of work and a lot of time to realize that, no, I need to continue talking until I'm done, even if they've already apologized. Right. But like, uh, you need to vent all of the feelings. Right. But I, I, for so long, forgiveness is for you. Yes. Forgiveness is for me. You're exercising the demon. And if you don't let all of the feelings out, then uh, they don't go away. They find somewhere to live inside of you. And mm-hmm. that's how you get uh, built up feelings of resentment, right? In either in whatever relationships, friendships, parent, parental relationships. Right. Um, and those sublimate into uh, sometimes rituals, which are not. I know people mostly would be thinking, oh, he's talking about like alcohol or drugs or like no i know people who are addicted to uh collecting things Mm -hmm. uh addicted to coffee Mm -hmm. uh have weird little like hand tricks they do with like a pen or a coin in their hand when they're nervous like it's it's almost like poker yeah everyone has their their has a tell (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay so uh parents you're forgiven um (laughs) moving on (laughs) to uh forgiving the people who have hurt you this is a hard one that i've been thinking about a lot lately i want to hear your feelings about it this was the easiest one for me really this is the hardest one for me oh no because a lot of the people who have hurt me are not in my life anymore which is uh also probably not the healthiest thing because i tend to um run away to the circus a lot. Mm. Um, and I find that a lot of the times what you were just saying in uh, uh, romantic relationships, if I if I complain to someone, if I'm like, hey, that wasn't cool, it usually takes one and they're gone. And I don't know if that's like I have a specific type, but it's... Is that them leaving the situation or you leaving the situation? That's them leaving the situation. That I think would be about the people that you're inviting in, about, like, people who aren't receptive to 100%. acknowledging their own behavior. And, but also, I'm very good at uh, looking at a person and going like, "Okay, you're dealing with this, this, and this." Like I can only, mm-hmm. I, I can spot and forgive the trauma that someone else is working through way easier than I can acknowledge it in myself. Mm-hmm. I think that um, hmm. <laughs> that's a really beautiful thing uh, to be able to have that kind of empathy for people. One thing that I've noticed and how that ends up being harmful for me is what I was talking about before of like, if I can understand where the behavior is coming from, then I, uh, I won't acknowledge that the behavior has hurt me Mm -hmm. because I can empathize, right? That I can see like, oh, the the thing is, is like with forgiving the people who have hurt you, like 
so rarely, so rarely are the people who are hurting you trying to intentionally hurt you or cause harm, right? Right. That isn't their intention and purpose and goal most of the time, unless they are like a sociopath, right? Mm -hmm. Most of us, uh, when we inflict hurt on others, we're doing it without having any knowledge that that's what we were doing, or we were just acting out our own... Uh, our own traumas and our our own damage and stuff onto a, another person or uh, taking our feelings out on other people. Yeah, it so rarely has anything to do with you. It's almost never on purpose, right? But that doesn't mean that it's okay or that uh, it was justified, right? Like, mm-hmm. just because somebody has traumas and isn't in a place where their coping skills are very strong doesn't mean that the behavior that they're acting out on others uh, isn't harmful, right? Yeah. Which means that you on the receiving end of that behavior are justified still in feeling hurt and confronting that behavior, even if the person acting out the behavior has no idea that they were doing anything hurtful. Yeah. I mean, this is... Uh, this is what a year of therapy has taught me. You really just summed it up nicely. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Right? <laughs> Taking a little bow right now. I'm so, I'm so interested that forgiving people who have hurt you was your easiest one. Oh, it's yeah. It will. Cause it, it's very hard for me to, uh, feel close and have a connection to anyone. So <laughs> congratulations on that. Oh, um, which I also uh, going to forgive myself is if I can circle back to that yeah, for a second is uh, I am so bad at asking for help mm-hmm. and I'm only kind of learning how to do that now through yeah. this type of work. So I always and now I know to ask someone, but I don't know what to ask and I feel like it all just word vomits out of my mouth in a panic. But you know, like everything that you learn, you learn through practice, right? Right. So right now you're like taking your baby steps, like learning how to crawl in terms of asking for help, Mm -hmm. right? And as you keep doing it, you will get better at it. Right. Also, I want to say very quickly that in our friendship, you mentioned that when you voice your feelings and concerns or feelings of hurt to the people uh, that you've confronted about things in the past that they leave immediately. I just want you to know in our friendship going forward that you can say anything like that to me and I'm not going anywhere. Well, what? A, well, and thank you for that. You're welcome. But I also, to tie both of those things in about the word vomit, mm-hmm. is right now a reoccurring joke we have that is very real is sometimes I will just send you essays and text messages <laughs> of things I now understand through therapy that I feel like if I died tomorrow, you could just publish a memoir <laughs> via text. I really could. Yeah. And it's not that I'm like, those, some of those realizations, they're pretty succinct. Yeah, no, you're very, you're, they're very well worded. <laughs> but should I be sending them to you? Isn't you know that a lot of responsibility? I think it's fine to be an outlet. I think um, it would be different if, uh, you had an expectation of a certain level of response from me in those messages. I think right. that would be where that would be um, harmful 
or something like that. I don't think mm-hmm. that you sending me those messages is harmful. I don't. Uh, as long as you understand that I am not good through text and cannot communicate my compassion for your situation as well as I would like. Oh, that is not required. <laughs> I I always send them and then think, did I send enough jokes to balance it out that it's still an enjoyable read for you? You know what? I could totally see that. That my often, collapse is at least entertaining. It won't be one long text message. It'll be five <laughs> medium length text messages. Well, that makes me and, feel better. And they'll bounce between subjects. So mm-hmm. and so it'll be like serious subject. And then immediately followed by total tangent joke subject and then circling back to the serious subject and then circling back to the joke. Right. I'm (laughs) never not having a one man show. Yeah, basically. (laughs) I'm going to I'm going to find an editor and we're going to get to publishing this. (laughs) Okay, so moving on to the next uh, affirmation of forgiveness. Uh, The next one is being willing to let go of your pain and suffering. And uh, the last line of that one is, I see my pain and suffering as places where my heart is open and alive. I thank life for endowing me with a sensitive, open heart. So this is sort of like a practice of gratitude as well as forgiveness in Mm -hmm. that you are sort of trying to find a way to be grateful for the things that have caused you pain and suffering, which is a very difficult thing to do. This this is a weird gratitude I will have. I feel like I've just intrinsically done this one with age Mm. because I just feel like I don't have it in me to hold on to those things Mm -hmm. anymore because it's just too much. Yeah. It's just too much. And especially being in a theatrical, like I used to uh, be a dramaturge at a a playwright's workshop where I edited scripts all day and it was very arty and, Mm -hmm. you know, it's very easy in uh, your early 20s to be tortured and think that that is a personality. Yes. And now that I've gotten older, I'm just like, applause, I can't, I, I, I physically can't hold it in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just like, I, I don't have, I don't have the time to have a martyrdom complex because <laughs> it's just so heavy and consuming. Uh, yeah, thank God for just aging. Yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot of like, um, all of the years that I spent identifying so much with my pain and what I had been through and, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know what you were talking about, about sort of like constructing an identity around your victimhood. Mm hmm. And the, and sad music is usually better. Yeah. Like it, the, there's the <laughs> last stuff. There, there's not a lot of depth to poppy happy music. So if you're you're feeling set, you're gonna have a great time <laughs> on Spotify. But it's just <laughs> oh, victimhood is a young man's game. Like mm-hmm. now that I don't live at home anymore and I have three jobs to support myself, mm-hmm. like I, I just had time and all this empty space to be a victim mm-hmm. when I was young that I didn't have before, which is maybe what defines a whole part of growing up as a teenager. Like, I just mm-hmm. have all this time on my hands to feel sad. Yeah. Where I'm like having adult thoughts, but no, uh, not given any adult responsibility. Mm-hmm. I'll, I guess I'll fill this void with my chemical romance. 
or Dave Matthews Band, or <laughs> yeah. I do find myself sometimes slipping in to how would I describe this? Almost like different ages of myself. Uh huh. You know, uh, where like I'll see my I'll kind of uh, step outside of myself for a moment in an interaction and be like, oh, I'm like acting out pain and suffering from like age ten right now. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do that all the time. I also find that now, even when I can be jealous that some comedian got a thing that I didn't, mm-hmm. but even in that moment, I find it back to having empathy for the person that hurt me. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that that yeah, comedian yeah. actually hurt me, but I have the like, oh, well, it's fine that they got the thing. They deserve the thing. Mm-hmm. I get why someone wouldn't necessarily think of me for the thing. I'm really, my bread and butter is really in the forgiving myself and maybe the parent one. Yeah. Where it's also unhealthy for me to be like, oh, well, I get why I didn't get that thing. Like, no, I should be an advocate for myself. I should have that healthy anger. Your response shouldn't be like, you're feeling jealousy or envy of somebody else getting a thing and then being like, oh, I shouldn't feel jealousy or envy because I didn't deserve it anyway. Yeah. That's not the healthy way to approach that. I'm glad that you acknowledge that. Right. Yeah, and, you, are, you are deserving. I have moments to circle back to that, but we still have to get through the list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. So we've got only one more. So Okay. And then we can circle back to all of, the one, all of them. Uh, the next one is I'm willing to let go of the limitations of my past. I see my past as what needed to happen for me to become me. I thank life for in de- allowing me to be me through my past. Right. Th- this to me is another circle back to uh, I couldn't know something until I knew it. Mm-hmm. And again, I think it must be so frustrating to be a child because you have sincere wants and needs and none of the power to do the thing. And you have big, big feelings, yes. but no, you don't have the awareness yet to be able to identify and communicate the big feelings. And to bring it back to parents, sometimes the parent does not have the capacity to deal with those things mm-hmm. and you have no way to save yourself. Yeah. This person is your legal guardian. There's so no way for you to get them. out of it. You're just kind of trapped. Mm-hmm. And that's when you get into Radiohead. And, <laughs> you know. We're going to get Spotify to- Yeah sponsor this <laughs> i love radio you might be listening to this way. on spotify right yeah, now <laughs> oh boy yeah the forgiveness for your past that's another loaded one for me okay so you think your most loaded ones are the forgiveness of self and the forgiveness of parents, parents. it well because i i feel like the the one about the people who necessarily wronged you like Mm -hmm. no one not even to just dump this on parents they just have the most hours logged Mm -hmm. where they're in the most control of your life so that's yeah the the, it's also the easiest to fight because in most cases this is the like huh you can't leave Mm -hmm. so i can really fight with you and not be afraid yeah I think my most loaded ones are the 
forgiving those who have hurt me and the limitations of my past. I think those are the most loaded ones for me. Can I ask? A, well, I mean, I assume you we can, can ask edit whatever this out. you want. Is well, you and I both have a weird thing where we have a physical stuff mm -hmm. that is linked to our mental stuff, or yep. they kind of facilitate. So, for those that don't know, I have like a bipolar uh, in the ballpark of PTSD thing where. If I experience too much anger or sadness, my brain will make me have a blackout. It mm -hmm. will just, like the men in black flashy thing pen, mm -hmm. it'll just go, oh, that didn't happen as a coping mechanism. Mm -hmm. So uh, for me, sitting in this, like the reason that I probably avoid anger at all costs is because otherwise I will black out and I won't... Uh, yeah, I'll wake up and I'll be like, oh, where am I? What am I doing? Mm -hmm. What an adventure. And I don't, like, I don't know, you can speak to this more, but I don't think that that's necessarily like a conscious thing on your part of being like, I'm not going to let myself feel this anger because I don't want to black out. It's more that uh, you have a sensitivity to anger um, or like an intolerance for it, almost like you're allergic. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, you just kind of subconsciously push those feelings down right it's more of a correlation mm -hmm. and it's something that i'm only just kind of discovering in myself right now yeah uh so it as far as all of these things each uh forgiving myself for these different things it's my main thought is like oh i should have been angrier but also i get why i didn't do anything because mm -hmm. my first defense mechanism in my head is do not be angry. Mm -hmm. Do not be too sad. Yeah. Um, the irony is that working through the anger and the sadness and the heavy emotions will probably assist in exactly. <laughs> recovering some mental. Well, which is why when capacity. I was doing this, I was just practicing just sitting in anger and knowing that like I am angry mm -hmm. and nothing bad is happening. Yeah, that's good. Uh, and I really just had to like sit in that emote and I would sweat mm -hmm. and maybe my hands would shake and I just had to like, like an astronaut when they mm -hmm. do the thing with the g-force mm -hmm. and you're just getting used to what yes. that would be like yes that yeah very well put all of these space and deep sea diving analogies are really spot on anything where I get to wear a weird hat <laughs> <laughs> and then so you have this physical response to anger and sadness and then i have a physical response to stress of mm -hmm. like i have a chronic illness that uh features a lot of different things immune response chronic pain and stuff and uh it goes on continually uh whether or not i feel stress but when i am in moments of heavy stress uh it spikes quite noticeably mm -hmm. in my pain level and my immune response uh, do you remember when I was allergic to stress? Yes, I do. Oh, my God. That was so weird. Uh, so uh, I have this thing called uh, uh, urticaria, which is basically hives. Mm -hmm. um, but they weren't like hives, like little bumps, like chicken pox looking hives. They were like big, giant mm -hmm. hives, more like um, isolated swelling, I would, I would say. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's... 
it was an autoimmune response where my body was responding to things as if I was having an allergic reaction when I wasn't. And the thing it was responding to was stress. <laughs> so, <laughs> Which is weirdly cyclical and problematic. Oh my God, it was so bad. It was like, uh, yeah, I'd get these like giant stress hives where like, I can't even call them hives because that's not communicating what it actually looked like. But like, uh, for example, if I got one on my hand, my entire hand would swell up to the point that you couldn't see like the definition on my knuckles or anything. It looked like you'd blown up a plastic glove. Yes. Um, or my feet, the bottom of my feet would swell so that uh, instead of having an arch, my feet were like um, like bubbles outward. Like I was <laughs> walking on little rocking horses or something. It was very painful. And then uh, so it started happening also where uh, I would wake up with swelling because I was having nightmares. And uh, so I would wake up and my eye would be swollen shut or my uh, bottom lip would be swollen. Like it looked like I was allergic to seafood and had been like binging lobster. Um, I would equate it to almost like it wasn't the allergic reaction you get from eating something. It's the it if stress were bees, yeah, who were being strung by stress, stung by stress bees. Yeah, yes, that's a very good way of putting it. And uh, yeah, it was just like such a. It was almost a little too on the nose of right? the way that I repress my feelings and my stress and uh, the way that it comes out in my body. But it was like, okay, body, this is a little heavy handed. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> but yeah, that, that went on for quite a while. Well, and it's weird because uh, since I've discovered these blackouts and problems with dealing with uh, anger and sadness, I've had to almost relearn stand up from scratch again mm. because a, now that you know why you're oppressing memories, it's a lot harder for me to uh, black out and do that. Mm -hmm. So I'm there in the stress. Mm -hmm. uh, but also, I know that if I get too stressed out, I will black out. And I'm like, can't black out. Mm -hmm. I'm on stage right mm -hmm. now. <laughs> and another fun thing uh, from being on bipolar meds, uh, a, a a side effect of my meds is that I uh, will, it's hard to say forget words. It's like if I were trying to say the word carousel, I could see the, the carousel in my mind. I could see the word carousel in my mind. And selectively, my brain will just like, today you can't say carousel. Mm -hmm. And the amount of words I, for, I quote unquote forget increases with how stressed I am. Yeah, it's so, um, brain fog. Yeah. So now, the more stressed I am on stage, the more words in my act I necessarily won't be able to say. So it's like that improv game should have said. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, can't say that today. Wonder. It, it really is for the past two months, like I've been an escape artist. Like, how am I going to find my way out of this joke today? Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, so, which is incredibly stressful and increases my chances of blacking out yeah so my body is like no you're gonna deal with anger <laughs> i feel like what you're doing right now is uh you're sort of you sort of have to try to like uh what would the word here like immunize yourself against anger like give yeah. yourself like a little piece of it to like gain some sort of like immunity or tolerance for yes. it uh so what you were saying about when you were doing this exercise and you were just letting yourself 
sit in your physical body and sit in the feeling of it mm-hmm. and be like, I'm feeling anger and it's okay. And I'm not in danger right now and everything is fine. Uh, giving yourself a little piece of the feeling to get used to, to it, it and to gain some sort of like immunity. Immunity isn't the right word because you're not going to be immune to these feelings. It's not like you practice feeling these feelings and then suddenly you don't feel them anymore. More like uh, gaining a tolerance for being able to Mm -hmm. sit in the emotion. Being able to take more G-force. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) After this interview, we're going to shoot you into space. Um, I think I feel like I'm ready for it. Actually, you can go on YouTube. You can see videos of like animals being tested for that kind of stuff like the old videos oh i really don't want to and, no <laughs> so and, badly and do not want to see that well here's the thing i've watched them and my first thought is like those animals are way more chill than i would be like those animals are way more comfortable with their healthy emotions mm-hmm. and going with the flow <laughs> yeah my dog does not shy away from expressing herself mm-hmm. that's for sure Yeah. So I'm glad that you found this useful. Right. Oh, can I tell you another thing? I, I made myself a sub uh, assignment. Ooh, what was it? I started writing. Actually, my. Okay. So uh, my therapist, I told her I was going to do this. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, great. We were headed to healthy anger anyway. Do you want to tack this onto it? And I had to write like. What's your therapist's first name? Uh, Amber. Amber. Yeah. And she got me to write angry letters. Ooh, love it. Yeah. So I had to do the mantra and then go into my most old person complaining to the CBC place and be like, dear parents, I have never been so insulted in all my life. Um, And I, yeah, I really... It was a lot of me sitting in my room and just like, just sweating, yep. just sweating. Anger sweats. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I would have to take a break. I'd have to come back. And I don't know who these letters are for, but I edited them to make sure that my <laughs> my arguments were more concise and valid. And that was sitting in a different type yep. of anger. Oh, boy. I love that. Yeah. I love that exercise. They're like, I don't know. I think... It, talking about forgiveness and stuff and like particularly forgiveness of others uh, it's very difficult to achieve forgiveness for people who will never apologize right uh which is a whole other thing that I feel like we should be more accepting of people that don't have a good relationship with their parents. Mm-hmm. Like, it's okay. Yeah. I feel like that's a lot of the stress of the holidays, is you're only watching and listening to things mm-hmm. of people who have great relationships with their parents. Hot take from Andrew Lazai. Yeah. The holidays are stressful because of family. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Did I blow your minds? Yeah, I've just been I've been thinking a lot about like apologies and their relationship with forgiveness and uh, like circling back to that like forgiving the people who have hurt you. And stuff uh, most of the people who have hurt me will never apologize. I will never get um mm-hmm. the apology that I would like. They will never acknowledge 
their part in in things. And uh, I don't know. I think uh, as a younger person, I when I was struggling with forgiving people, I held it in my mind of like, oh, I'll get to that. Uh, but I can't forgive them until they apologize. And yes. that does you no favors at all, uh, waiting for an apology that will never, ever come. I think I, again, I don't know if the forgiveness is as cheap because it's more of a process, but mm-hmm. I found the only thing I could do is like, well, I've got to set up healthy boundaries. Yes. Because we have to have a relationship together, mm-hmm. but I have to give you a filter uh, in which you can communicate with me so I don't go insane. Yeah, that's a really important one with parents because like you said, you're locked in that relationship, right? Like you only get one set of parents and then that's the set forever. So if you're going to have a continued relationship with your parents, then yes, you definitely need to set healthy boundaries. And uh, that's true of all relationships, obviously. Setting healthy boundaries is really important regardless of the relational status, right? But uh, you, it's a a very tricky thing because with people who are not your parents, um, a lot of of people you just got to say goodbye to, Mm -hmm. right? There's a lot of toxic relationships that that you'll encounter in your life and a lot of toxic friendships and you just got to kind of call those relationships and let those people go. I also find that it's really hard to not beat yourself up for not figuring that out sooner. Yeah. And also, especially now, there's a part of me that's angry at myself for having to relearn stand-up again. But what am I mad at myself for? For having blackouts? Yeah, right? Yeah. (laughs) Like, no point that's wasted... Wasted time. Oh, wasted I emotional hate wasted space. Time though. Yeah. That's that's like a whole other podcast. <laughs> well, okay. The wasted time as it relates to just this mm-hmm. is that being mad at yourself and beating yourself up for needing time to rearrange yourself. That's not wasted time. And that's that's basically the name of my whole year. Yeah. This year has been Oh, you have to take a break from outward achieving. Mm-hmm. And it's really just been so much medical stuff and therapy and uh, learning how to function emotionally. Yeah. Because, you know, kids, uh, if there's a mess, it, breakdowns are really more your body just going, you can't handle this yeah. anymore for a healthy healthy reason you never didn't have this it was just always brimming below the surface Mm -hmm. like uh i think sometimes uh, after i send you these novellas uh (laughs) via text message i'll go like i wish you had known me when i was 25 and i had my 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 life together i'm now realizing no i didn't i just had so much anxiety i was just pushing through so much anxiety this was bound to happen i you know, people have been talking about this a lot of like viewing their past self as having things more together than their current self. I can't look back on any age that I have ever been before now and think that girl had her shit together. <laughs> Truly not. Like, I I just become less of a mess as time goes on. <laughs> I've been like 
maximum mess great. in the past. <laughs> and I feel grateful for that. Uh, <laughs> that I seem to be improving with time. Um, but yeah, this like nostalgia for a past self for time. Definitely don't have any of that. Yeah. I, you could not pay me enough to go back to any time before <laughs> now. Absolutely not. <laughs> like set it on fire. I don't. Yeah. No, that's a weird thing. Like, what did I think I, at seven? I had a briefcase and a tie and a little mustache. It was just like, yep. I really knew what I was doing. I remember being six and being like, I wish I could be four again. What a simpler time. Wow. <laughs> like, that's how early this happened. I was like six years old and looking back on like, when was I happy? Yeah. You're just pushing like... <laughs> Play-Doh through the Play-Doh factory things being like, it didn't always used to be about the work. <laughs> God, yeah, that's pretty pretty spot on on brand for little Tracy. Oh, the work of play. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> but then that's for it goes back to forgiving the limitations of your past, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I uh <laughs> <laughs> I had no control. You, you mm-hmm. don't have control until probably about 16, 17. You're getting yep. some idea of control. Until then, yeah, you have none. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what a weird thing that we've decided to become comedians and learn to be silly <laughs> again. Maybe we're all just trying to be four. I think for me... It's almost a little too obvious how on the nose stand-up is for being a way for me to perform all of the things that I can't perform in my daily life or couldn't until pretty recently. Like, I talk about stand-up a lot in my therapy, and my therapist, Peter... Peter, if you're listening, you're yeah. great. Um, <laughs> we'll talk Please rate me. and subscribe, like, Peter. <laughs> Peter. Peter loves the that I do stand up because he sees all of the ways in which it exemplifies everything that I'm no good at in my daily life, like taking up space, asserting myself, like speaking my feelings, like all of these things with anger, dealing with anger, like all, all of the things that I'm bad at in life are the things that I need to get better at to be good at stand-up. So stand-up is sort of just this like therapeutic exercise where I learn how to be a person. Right, but at the same time, your body feels like it because there's rules. I have been given a designated time, mm-hmm. and someone has asked me to do this. Yeah, so and it is that, like, okay. it's okay that I talk this whole time and talk about myself because all the chairs are pointed at me. like i have been handed a microphone and somebody said my name and hey tracy hamilton is going to talk to you for 10 minutes now so now i get to take up space in the room instead of shrinking into the background i've been getting a weird comment from people who have seen me not only do uh stand up but like sketch and improv Mm -hmm. and stuff uh that i'm a sillier person in real life than i am on stage that's funny and i don't know if it's that 
that thing about like, well, stand up, I have to get to the thing of the matter and I have to be a, because it's me, it's not a character. Mm -hmm. So maybe I feel less comfortable being silly. As yourself instead of as kind of playing a role. I don't know if that's because I'm just like, well, I can't waste anyone's time with these sight gags. (laughs) We have serious, silly business to do. Um. So that's maybe like a task for me to work with that I don't know, maybe it's something to do with being emotionally vulnerable. Yeah, that allowing that sense of play when you're on stage and allowing yourself to be silly. It would be nice. I'm not going to lie. It would be nice. Right. But when I write a sketch, the premise is the thing that's silly and I'm naturally reacting to it. Mm -hmm. So I get to hide behind the sketch, which is nice. Oh, man. This is... I could talk to you about this for literally ever. Right? <laughs> I have so much more to say about forgiveness. We're getting low on time. I wish... Oh, I, I do wish there was some sort of visual component where the audience could see me responding to the forgiveness list mm-hmm. and see just how, like... How tense. Like going up a roller coaster. <laughs> Oh, boy. Yeah. Forgiveness is a loaded one and one that I've been thinking about quite a lot lately, particularly the forgiving of past people. Oh, we could get into that so much more, but we don't have time. We don't. We'll have to have you back. Okay. You'll reluctantly come back. (laughs) Well, you can wear whatever silly hat you want. That'd be great. Okay. I, I have some thoughts on that already. Okay, good. No, I think the next time I'll just like have to take up boxing. Yeah. Or something <laughs> first. Yeah, we'll give you a, a yeah, boxing, healthy expression of anger. anger. Yeah, it's good. It's a good outlet. So we end by me giving the guest a genuine compliment. Oh no. You're tensing up like you did when I read the forgiveness list. Yeah. <laughs> Can I also say one thing that I did enjoy from, well, I enjoyed yeah. many things. I I didn't enjoy the process, but I found it helpful. Good. Like I did get anything. The feeling was terrible. Yeah. Uh, but the other thing is it made me, once I was dealing with that anger, mm-hmm. I was more present on stage even when i'm forgetting a word in mm-hmm. the middle of an act i'm more present with an audience oh, and i'm that. feeling like there's a genuine connection which is way scarier but mm-hmm. it was helpful and also as soon as i kept keeping these ideas of forgiveness in my head mm-hmm. just from talking to people it was easier to discern the things that were in my head of just like, oh, no one thinks about me. That's why I didn't get that thing. Mm-hmm. And just understanding like, oh, that's not true. Yeah. Because now that I actually have to live in the emotion, I see, I'm i seeing the person's actual response for the first time. That's beautiful. Yes. I thought I would leave it on a positive. Andrew, thank no, you. Yes. I'm so happy to hear that. Okay, I think, yeah, I think I pulled that out, and mm-hmm. I, I I had a positive message yes. to leave on. And now right. I see yourself bracing for the compliment. You got a little oh, God, T-Rex yeah. arms grabbing onto the, <laughs> his armrest right here. Andrew, you're one of my closest and dearest friends. Um, you've been there for me through some of the hardest times of my life. Um, you have 
never failed in your friendship to me. You are a, a constant rock. I know without a doubt that you are there for me no matter what and that I could always reach out to you and that you would always respond. Um, you are kind and empathetic and warm and hilarious. You're an incredibly talented comedian. So much more than I think that you have even begun to realize. You are so immensely talented. Um, and so many good things are headed your way. And uh, I... I'm sorry that you've been through everything that you've been through this year with all of the medical stuff and all of the like very needed personal work. But I feel like you are going to come out of this. You already are as such a resilient, better version of yourself. And I can already see that happening. Um, so know that like the work that you're putting in and the time that you have to take away from your like outward goals is worthwhile and is already paying off. And um, uh, you're a beautiful person and I love you. Well, I love you too. And, and I don't, am I supposed to give you compliments back or, Oh no. Okay. I mean like you could if you wanted to, but you did That's totally not a part of this. This No, it's just like you are one of those persons that is constant. Again, right back at you. I know that I can text you a weird thing and you'll be like, yes, that Mm -hmm. is a thing. I don't, again, because I don't know, you could be in the middle of doing brain surgery or something, but you'll still be like, yes. As I often am. That is a valid feeling. Mm -hmm. And the fact that I can be that comfortable around you is a rare treat. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I just, I just, don't think you have a, a a mean or self-interested bone in your body. I'm positive I do. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that very much. I'm trying not to deflect the compliment. Right? Uh, this is how nice people are passive aggressive. Like literally how, the whole point. Oh, I'll give you a compliment right back. And she started curling up in the chair too. <laughs> We both started biting our lips and just like d- having eye twitches. It's this is like a bizarre standoff. It's just a yeah, a good reminder that we're all fallible and human. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, you are near and dear to my heart, Andrew. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. Oh. I, no, thank you for being here. And wait, no, you're you invited yep. me. Yep. <laughs> I love that you just thanked me for coming to my own You know podcast. what? Being here in the universe, it was an ex- I'm recovering from the compliment. It's it's rocky. We'll get through it's it. Uh, Andrew, thank you for being here. <laughs> and listeners, go be nice to yourself and remember that love is everywhere. <laughs>